Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the fourth edition of the Fun Friday podcast. Under the Capital Spotlight umbrella, the Director of Business Development here, Kramer Grother with Lone Star Capital, alongside a friend and a very distinguished guest, the founder and CEO of Intentionally Inspirational, Jason Wright. How are you today? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And it's Intentionally Inspirational, not internationally inspirational. Is that correct? Because we were talking about this before that people do not give correct uh, pronunciation or correct, uh, I guess you could say, uh, titling to your uh, company. So did I get that right? You got it right. People butcher it all the time. And they'll, they'll even rehearse it like I got it. And then what they say, I'm like, you didn't say that before. What are you doing right now? So, yeah. so I did it right on the one take, the first take? You did. Absolutely. Good. I'm a one take wonder out here. So I'm happy that's the case. So- the purpose of the show is different than, you know, hearing a capital raiser's journey or, you know, another kind of founder of, of a firm. This is a little bit different. This is a tool episode. So Jason works in tandem and hand to hand with Lone Star Capital for many things, marketing, automation, CRM. So I think it's really important if you're, you know, looking to raise equity, if you are maybe a syndicator listening and watching to the show. I think it'd be very important for you to kind of hear what Jason has to say because he has basically bootstrapped our firm to have tools to really expand and grow our business, to automate a lot of the processes. So I really want to just kind of break out and deep dive into what you provide. And also you have a unique angle as well because you hear the do's and the don'ts, how people are succeeding or failing in the marketing automation space via tools. And you probably just hear a lot of the gossip and industry tea, uh, if you will. So I'm really excited to have you on the show and to kind of hear about what you can provide to folks. So that said, let's get into it. What does your group do and how do you distinguish yourself, I guess, from the competition and the other providers in the space? Yeah. So uh, we work with capital raisers specifically in active campaigns. So if you haven't heard of active campaign, it's best well-known competitor would be HubSpot or maybe go high level, but I don't think go high level is quite there yet. So we have a very narrow niche. Uh, we created it. Our client-facing team is all U.S.-based. Uh, I'm based in St. Mary's, Georgia. All of us are pretty much in the Southeast. We've had the privilege of working with almost 160 capital raisers now in about uh, almost two years. So um, it, like I said, narrow niche, but I just I saw a big need with uh, the ability to nurture new potential investors the ability to help raise capital and the ability to keep in touch with those investors. So it's really down to building and maintaining relationships. That's what it is. Um, like I said, with the narrow niche, the beauty is we get to do the same thing over and over and over, get feedback, make it better. And a lot of the feedbacks around like training and support and that type of thing, but uh, it's an enjoyable ride. We like it and we get to meet lots of cool people like you for sure. And you're always at events. You're always, you know, client and public facing. So yeah. How much? How many people do you have on your back end team, and what's kind of your day like? Do you basically are are you teaching people how to use the systems? Are you creating looms to kind of distribute, and then you have kind of a back end customer service team to help you, and you're basically just go 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 get new business, get new business. How how does your day comprised? Yeah, great question. So there's nine of us on the team, um, soon to be more. We've got to hire more, but it's me and my wife, and then we've got uh, seven more people um, around the U.S. and one of the Philippines. So. My main role is going to be sales and marketing. Um, I like both. I like sales a whole bunch. Uh, really good at sales because I know the product, right? I, I 
develop the offer. I tweak the offer. I've been selling to start this business from zero and I've been doing it over eight years now. So that's a big piece of it. Um, you know, a lot of our training is uh, Loom videos. So you create it once, the gift that keeps on giving is pre-recorded video. And my team uses that to learn as well. So my team helps a lot with client support. But uh, you said, like you mentioned, I go to events. I love being a real person, uh, doing what I'm doing. I love to speak every chance I get. I've uh, gotten to speak seven times now. So it's getting out there in the field, meeting the people that are clients and potential clients is uh, something I enjoy and part of our marketing strategy. That's awesome. So talk to me and everyone about Active Campaign. So tell me about what that is, how it's useful, and why this is better than HubSpot and the other options for syndicator to have and you know, or a capital raiser. And at what point does a group like us or a capital raiser um respectively need to get out of the Excel model, out of just the kind of, you know, friends and family country club? I go out and I talk about it loosely and here's a million dollars. At what point does a group, you know, from um, a capital raiser side and a syndicator need your services? Yeah. Great question. It's a question I get weekly. Um, so question one, let's see, I'm not going to break this down. You asked me a multi-part question here. Why active campaign? That's one question I heard. So HubSpot's a really powerful platform. Uh, if you've looked into it or used it, you will find out it is very expensive. Very expensive at a higher levels, which I like for the features. Um, and it also is very, very powerful. And what I found a long time ago is the, the power with what I do is in the fundamentals, right? Some clients, and I'm talking 5% or less, want to utilize every little bell and whistle available because they have the aptitude and the interest to use it. 95% do not. It's way too overwhelming. So active campaign is the at the perfect crossroads of power, usability, and price point for clients. And it's easy to teach relatively. Um, you say, when should people start using it? Well, like you mentioned, you can use a rotary phone, post-it notes, legal pads if you want to. You will get to a point as a syndicator or a capital raiser where that becomes hell, right? It becomes hell because you can't you can't scale it. You can't stay organized. Your fingers will get exhausted from spinning that rotary phone. Ask me how I know. Uh, you probably don't remember, Craig, when I was a kid, some people actually still had those things. But Active Campaign is it's a CRM. It's a marketing automation tool. You can keep track of notes with conversations. You can do email. You can do text. And I think the best time to get started is right away. Uh, what I teach is it is the foundation of your marketing. So after people join your list, it's uh, what we call the back end of the funnel. But if you don't have um, the CRM part set up, if you don't have the ability to keep track of notes or keep a history on how somebody got in your list, you're going to reach a point where that's a big problem, especially if you're doing 506Bs. Or is that documented relationship? I don't know. Let me find my, let me sort through my uh, post-it notes here. So, um, you know, th this idea that I need to wait until my list is over a thousand people before I invest in something like this, I hear that all the time. I'm like, where does that come from? Who's telling everybody that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, right? also, so, then you have to implement and manually put in a thousand people as well, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. its own set of issues too. It's not as if it's easy just to implement. I mean, maybe you have an Excel and that's slightly organized and you've got, you know, a, a CVS file, which is, you know, name, email, phone number, but there's a very high likelihood that you're going to miss people or that you're not that organized and you're just going to have things slip through the cracks. You know, you're going to have people slip through the cracks, companies slip through the cracks that could be very pivotal for your growth. 
Yep. And when you think about people who are doing more than one raise at a time, good luck keeping track of that with that without pipelines and automations and a, an easy way to see uh, what's going on and where people are at. So um, I've been working in the platform over eight years. I've worked in over 500 accounts. So for that reason, I chose to build my business in the back, back of active campaign because I can teach it to my team. I can teach it with clients. And again, at a great intersection of price, usability and power. Right. And what are some of the fun things that Active Campaign to do? So I'll just say from my experiences real quick, and then you can kind of maybe fill in the gaps and maybe mention other kind of fun automations or, or, or unpack some more items. But we get sales message through it, which is a mass text automation platform where we can invite people to webinars. We have the deal automation to your point for pipelines. So if we're raising multiple deals or want to look back, we can kind of see it there. If you're basically running a capital stack, you can put in, hey, someone committed for, you know, if you're uh, an investor, $100,000. If you're a capital partner, hey, they want to raise a million dollars. So you can kind of very quickly see where that capital stack looks and how much more you need to push. So you have those tools. Uh, you have, you know, tools in which you can send out, you know, uh, bulk automations for email campaigns, correct? So can you kind of walk through that as well? Yeah, so the options are endless. It's like a kid in a candy store if you geek out about the stuff like I do. But you can integrate it with your Facebook ads, your Google ads. And you can do retargeting directly through your active campaign automations. Like there's some really crazy cool stuff you can do. So you can integrate it with um, direct mail campaigns. I mean, any, there's there's an endless amount of things you can do. But the beauty and what we're talking about is being able to set up and see all these things from one automation view. I love using Slack notifications when something good happens in our business and active campaign sees it, right? I want to know about it in Slack immediately. So we run our business from Slack and Asana and Voxer internally. And I love those Slack notifications for good stuff we care about, like getting paid or getting applications filled out or things like that. So um, yeah, there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. And it's just, uh, you know, it's been around long enough that it plays well with most other major tech out there, right? Other pieces of the stack, Calendly, Typeform, et cetera, et cetera. That's awesome. What do you think the most important tool or what, I guess, maybe what your favorite feature from Active Campaign is? Yeah. Um, so I always tell people, I like Active Campaign as like the the hub, but my my favorite part of marketing has got to be two way text. I really like two way text, and this is Sales Message, which is another software, but it integrates cleanly in Active Campaign. So I really like two way text, uh, as you can probably tell from watching or listening. I'm a conversational type communicator. I sound like this everywhere you see me all the time, and it's powerful. People resonate with real, right? So I can do the same thing and capture it very well in text. And engagement's higher. It's fun. It's just a lot of fun. So uh, I'm going to say sales message within Active Campaign, even though it is technically a different platform. Very good. Okay. So with regards to marketing in campaigns, you've seen people be successful and not be successful. So maybe can you kind of unpack what the successful groups do and how they yep. manage it? And then maybe where you've seen a lot of people fail over the years of your experiences on how just they kind of just missed the mark where it could have been avoidable? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the biggest mistake I see people make and the people who don't make this are successful, so I'm kind of answering both sides at the same time, is they don't make the effort to do anything, right? This could be them build it, hire somebody, et cetera, but they don't do it because all they want to do is focus on traffic. We want to do social media. We'll do that back and stuff later. It's not a good idea, right? 
just focusing on lead generation for client calls or whatever without a plan if it doesn't go well it's just a waste of time and money and i know cuz i've done it for years so thing number 1 is they they just they don't make an effort with what we're calling the back into the funnel thing 2 even a bigger tragedy they do invest let's say they work with us they set up this project and then they won't put in the time to use it we give them videos that train them how to use it bite by bite learn this do this learn this do this and they won't do it. There's always a reason why they're too busy. And when their business fails and they raise no capital and they disappear, I don't feel bad for them because it's like, hey, you have to take action in anything in life you want results in. You want to get strong, you're going to have to lift weights, right? You want to make friends, you're going to have to talk to people. You want your car to be clean, you're going to have to wash it. All these things require effort. Stuff doesn't happen for, you know, for no, you know, by itself. So, um, yeah, the biggest tragedy, investing and never using it. It's insane. Right. And how often do people kind of get these things, get your tools, get excited, and then just kind of quit? Uh, it happens because what a lot of people will do is they, from what I see, they'll get in a mode where they're spending money on a lot of stuff, right? Website, what we do, masterminds, this, that, quitting corporate, doing all these things at once because they're riding the dopamine wave. But six months later, when the, the honeymoon's over and the work should have begun, nothing happens. So, so, so you're kind of basically explaining some some people in the space, you know, get high off the conference and then do everything at once as opposed to slowly integrating piece by piece yeah. by piece in. Yeah. Yeah. People will overspend and just get themselves too wide to uh, spread too thin. So, and I say all this, but there are a lot of success stories as well. I don't want to make this sound like everybody fails. It's not the case. But the people who have success, they're like curious kids, right? They get in, they ask questions like, oh, my God, this is cool. Can you do this? And you see that light bulb go off. They start learning and doing more. And we give you a really nice clean ball of clay. And we encourage you to make it your own. And when people do that, man, not only do they have fun with it and use it, um, but it, it helps their business. It does the things, things we tell them. And it's super, super enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And if you're in sales or are running a business and don't have a CRM, you don't have a business. You, that's just not, you're not legitimate and credible once until you get that going. And then on top of that too, just to make sure that you store everyone correctly and properly is, is everything. Otherwise you're just taking dollars off the table. So can yeah. you maybe explain some success stories for, from people that have done well using your product and system, maybe even a story that we've done. You could use us as an example, but you know, what is your pitch to those who need and want and don't have something that or that you have like what what is your kind of conversation with them like yeah i mean i, I think really what it comes down to is so you're asking about the people who've been successful with it i, I really think it, it comes down to this they take action and then they're consistent with that action right because at the end of the day all everything we're talking about here is building and maintaining relationships okay i've said it before i'm saying again now i may say it again in the future of the show but Maintaining relationships requires effort. Think about you and Rob, right? If you don't talk to Rob for two years, it's going to probably be kind of weird if you talk to him two years later. And obviously that doesn't make sense. But my point is relationships die without attention. It's just how it is. And these tools we're talking about allow you to stay in people's world. And that has great value. It's so cool when somebody comes up out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, I've been following you for a year, now I'm ready to talk about investing. Oh, okay, cool. They've been on the newsletter list. They've been watching the social posts. When people who have been nurtured that you don't know are watching you rise up and say, let's talk more, whether it's my business or yours, that's where you go, holy cow, that's that's really neat because 
that person wasn't even on my radar. So that's the beauty of it. Taking action step one, the consistency, gas pedal down till till you die. You know, that's kind of how I, I think about it. But that's where the magic happens. It may not happen right away, but if you keep going, it definitely will. Right. And and with that said, what are those who stick with you, what are they typically saying about the services and what are they leveraging and utilizing most, would you say? Yeah, I mean, what they do is they they figure out what works in their business. Where are my booked calls coming from? The people who are investing or who are new, where are they coming from? And you can actually start to see that journey. So then it gives people you know more ideas, right? And our service ongoing, so to speak, is more of a... Um, a training and support, right? Support with strategy and architecture. Hey, I have this idea. What do you think? Oh, that's a great idea. That's horrible. Here's why. So that's what it is. Initially, it's the heavy lift to get things set up and moving, get people using it. Then the ongoing is uh, much more relationship-based. So, But the people that, that keep it going, the success stories keep growing because when you pay attention to what's working with you, double down on what's working and, and make it work better. So you get to see people live that out. That's pretty cool. And do you have maybe analytics that you share with people or, you know, how is that basically shown, you know, where success is coming from? Is it from the lead score? You know, how, how do you identify what campaign works best or what system works best for, for that person? And then do you kind of go with over with people what has been working? You're going to hate my answer, but it's the truth. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm not a KPI guy with this stuff at all. So Unlike ads with, uh, you know, clicks and opens and conversions and that type of thing, this stuff is more like, hey, if you start doing it, you you will see better results. Do I have KPIs on that? No. The reason why it'd be so difficult to capture that, uh, let's be real honest, not all businesses are interesting. Not all people who want to be the face of their, their company online are good at that or well-suited for that. There's people who want to make content that most people aren't going to like. They're going to be like, the, the vibe's weird. I see it. So... Is your business, you know, something people are going to resonate with? Is the person putting themselves out? There's a lot of intangibles there that are going to change results for sure. So for that reason, we avoid KPIs. We show this is these are the fundamentals we're going to help you with. And uh, it works. It works well for us. So do you have any cases or instances where you've seen, you know, a capital raiser kind of go from struggling to putting your information in or sponsor or capital raiser? struggling before kind of working with you and then all of a sudden implementing your, you know, opportunity, your uh, services and really basically bootstrapping and transforming their, their business. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that people uh, don't do well is let's say they have a new deal, a new raise they want to announce. They send out one email and then they hope and pray and they wonder why they don't get the results they want. I'm fine with prayer, but hope is a terrible marketing strategy. So just by using our automations, they get more repetitions. And when people do what they want, they move over. Um, so getting people on webinars, uh, getting soft commitments nurtured to after webinars. Because a lot of people do nothing after webinar. They just hope and pray nothing happens. So by utilizing automation and text, they get more conversations going. In fact, people raise 700000 bucks in one day out of a text uh, and soft commits. We've just had a lot of success stories, success stories in different parts of the raise. We've had people get uh, their list finally interacting with them through email and text, showing up for different types of webinars and Zooms they're doing, et cetera. So yeah, it can go from uh, you know not real organized and not much going on to a lot more going on. But again, a piece of that is going to come down to your consistency, how likable you are as a company. And that branding piece does matter as well. There's no denying it. 
So with that said, you mentioned, you know, basically having the right sequences, webinar, you know, pre-webinar or deal launch, you know, inviting to webinar, post-webinar, you know, kind of keeping up to date. What, in your opinion, is the ideal and best sequence if you're a sponsor or capital raiser to successfully navigate a launch webinar raise the whole sequence from start, you know, starting point to finish point? That's a tough question. I would say I'm going to go a different direction than you want me to, but that's what I do. Uh, I'm going to say it's really important to get people um, into different places of your world besides just your email list. So if you get people to your list and you have groups and you have podcasts, et cetera, getting people as many places as possible is key so that when you do those things, everything you do in marketing becomes nurturing for that, right? People do, if you pay attention, people do more than just look at your emails. They listen to the podcast. You'll see them on social media. You'll see them like on LinkedIn. So they're watching you from all angles. So I think part of the key is uh, getting your audience in as many places as you possibly can. And then everything, um, you know, everything you do helps out better. One thing that's interesting about this game is like this year, especially the market's changed a lot. So what may have worked 18 months ago to get people to invest probably doesn't work today at all. You might have to spend more time education, educating, overcoming fears about rates and different stuff, et cetera. So, you know, the fundamentals don't change, but what you have to focus on may change as the market dictates that for sure. Right. In, in an environment where raising is more difficult, you know, what have you seen needed to be done? What do you, what have you seen that is needed to be done now that it's not a one email, a webinar and the deal raises itself, right? And it seems as if your services now are probably more important than ever before because of the fact that it's harder, right? I mean, yeah, it costs money to work with you, but the opportunity cost should be too great to not work with you. So yeah. can you maybe explain how much more handholding and processes need to be in place to convert investors now? Because I'm sure that's what you're hearing with a lot of people right now is, hey, I'm raising less money and I need to work with you to raise more money. So yeah. can you kind of speak to that, please? Yeah. So I think a lot of it comes back to the relationship. So if you care about a relationship, so I'll talk about me for a second. I don't mind talking about me. I've been with my wife 21 years, 21 years. And the first time I saw her in college, the first time she saw me, I was like, man, I need to get to know her better, you know? Right. So I put an effort and build that relationship. And uh, what it teaches you is the more effort you put into a relationship you care about, the more you'll get out of it. It is exactly the same thing with investors. If you think you're going to send a link to your pre-recorded webinar and get a bunch of people to invest in your fund, probably not going to like the results. Here's a wild idea. Why don't you put in more time, get on a call, maybe call people more often than just when there's a deal announcement and a deal update and actually try to build real relationships with people. Crazy concept, I know. But the people who understand that and are doing that are not only raising more money from the investors they have, they're getting those people to bring people to them. It's all about relationships. That's the point here. Relationships require more effort. So don't just email your investors when you have a deal or a deal update. It's such a big missed opportunity. What we're yeah. doing will help you. We'll help you with that for sure. But some of that you're gonna have to do on your own, making more effort to get on those calls, those in-person events. You like cigars and bourbon, put together an event, bring in your local investors and just spoil them for a night. Show them you care. Talking about it's one thing, show them. So it's about it's about uh, putting in real effort in those relationships. Yeah. And I think, you know, of course, this is such a domestic 
wide business where we have investors in Hawaii, we have yeah. investors in Maine, we have investors in Texas, we have investors in Washington, we have investors in Florida. So as you can imagine, and I don't know if we have anyone in Alaska, but I have spoke with people that live in Alaska. So we are really geographically diverse and all over the place. So sometimes the only medium to reach people for and through is on podcasting, is on phone call, is on webinar. But yeah. to your point, if we can you know, make a point to do a West Coast and East Coast, maybe Texas meetups to meet people in person, that is going to be more effective and beneficial than the online format. But also to your point, it's funny, I think it was in the middle of the summer, or maybe in August, I want to say, yes, in middle summer, end summer, I was speaking with Rob. It's like, we really should reach out to everyone in our database whom is theoretically equity to see what they're up to, see what they're looking for, and just to kind of continue the conversation. So we did that actually in August, and that kind of trickled even all the way into November of those conversations. And it's been very, very beneficial to prime that pump, to reach out to people, to see what they're seeing, and just to reach out to the individuals on a deeper level other than, hey, uh, we have a deal. Well, how about you know priming the pump, digging the well before you get thirsty to actually have those conversations and to pick up the phone and to connect people or Zoom with people if that's the medium they prefer to really enrich conversations. And we u- utilize that via you know the active campaign process through your systems to to automate that um, yeah. and to reach out to more people in an effective and efficient manner. So you know it's really important there. So as we are in a shifting landscape. Uh, from business, from how we interact with AI and automation, how important do you feel automation is? Because I feel like AI is, and this is my perspective on it, and please fill in where I'm wrong, but AI, I'm not going to say it's overrated, it's just overstated. I think automation is underrated, right? And there's always automations being ran. We all get text messages from green texts, you know, basically an SMS, you know, saying, you know, inviting you to do something, whatever it may be. Um, but automations, being able to send, you know, mass emails out, max text texts out, you know, how important do you think that is in this day? And, and how do you ultimately most efficiently utilize that with the systems that you have? Yeah, so good questions. Um, I'll tell you right now, automation is great because it doesn't ask for a raise. It doesn't take a day off. It works nights, weekends and holidays if you wanted to. So creating those touch points, creating those interactions is key, but I will also say there is no replacement for the human interaction. So to completely automate a business like what we're talking about here, it's a mistake, right? You got people want the human action, human interaction as well, but it helps supplement that. It gives you air cover, if you will. AI, I like for um, optimization of sending campaigns, data, but I like writing my own content. So I'm not as bullish on AI as a lot of people. I think there is going to be a a rise and a fall, especially in marketing, because too many people are jumping on the bandwagon. And, um, you know, so it's it's got some nice things you can do, but uh, I'm not just an AI crazy guy. I remember when the Terminator came out and AI is uh, is scary, man. It it can get uh, it could get so far that it could be scary. So, um yeah, there, there's no replacement for the human interaction. I'd lose my mind. I'm such an extrovert. I love interacting with people. But even though I was going to say this earlier, even if you do a webinar, that's not about a deal. And you're just like, you know what? I want to pull together my audience. I want to share my thoughts and do some Q&A on the market in the next six months. Right. When in doubt, educate. Right. That helps build the relationships to help people go. You know what? Craig's not just a good looking face. He actually knows what the hell he's talking about, too. So. Uh, it's something else to think about, but you know, uh, if you think about the relationships in your life, it's not all one thing. There's, there's good stuff. There's bad stuff. There's opportunities. There's just talking, right? You got to mix it up a little bit, but 
just an idea I had earlier I wanted to share as well. Yeah. So, and I appreciate that. And you have a very interesting angle and perspective from, you know, this business, right? Cause you're super niche into this business. You see the people that do well, you see the people that are fly by night and in one day out the next day, yep. what distinguishes those who are uber successful and those who just don't make it because inevitably not everyone can make it, but everyone, anyone can make it, but not everyone will make it. Right. So can you kind of speak to what those who are successful do and you know what they did from your perspective that maybe uh, made them made, made their journey work? Yeah. And this goes outside of marketing, right? This is where I come full circle with intentionally inspirational. You get me excited asking me questions like this. The people that I speak to that are like, yeah, I was a surgeon last week, but I quit and I'm going to be a full-time capital raiser. I'm like, ah, why would you do that? <laughs> if you're looking to get into raising capital or being a sponsor to get rich quick, probably not going to be happy with the outcome, Right. When I built this business, the first two and a half years, struggle city, man, almost lost my marriage, had to go back to corporate twice. And I didn't have a timeline. The timeline to what you define as success is unknown. So your why better be stronger than the next six months, right? So the people who think they're going to get rich really quickly with minimal effort, I'm going to automate everything and just sit back and collect checks. They're in for a rude awakening. That's not how this works at all. The people that are willing to say, this is what I want to build. It's a long-term play. I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm doing it for the investors. I'm doing it for the impact. Those are the ones that have a hell of a lot of better chance in my mind, right? So it, it's it's like anything else, man. Um, success in school, success in sports. It's a freaking marathon. The grass is always green where you water it. And the grass is not always greener though at the same time. So be very conscientious of you know the seeds that you water and the relationships you want to have and the relationships you don't want to have to that point, seemingly, right? Yep. That's right, man. Where your focus goes, your energy flows, right? Or maybe it's vice versa, but kind of one and the same. Yes. What information have you not let everyone know here that you think people need to know about what you do, about the space? What questions did I not ask that you want to ask yourself uh, yeah. and answers you want to get off and things you want to rattle out here? Yeah. So I'll say in regards to marketing, I've seen it more now than than ever. Uh, a lot of people rising up to compete with us. and I'm totally OK with it. Um, if you're considering and I'll, I'll just make it more general, if you're considering hiring anybody for marketing. Some things that if I were you, I would want to know how long they've been in business, who they worked for. Where's their team based? Do they have any kind of training or lifetime support like that might sound crazy? We offer all those things, but it, it's a big deal where most people get screwed and get frustrated with marketing is they pay the money. Then they have questions when it's over and they don't know what to do. Then they're back where they started. So those are things to think about uh, really strongly. Um, some things about me that I haven't told you, you probably picked up on them, but even if we don't work together and you ever want to pick my brain about this kind of stuff, I'll shoot you straight. Like I'm not concerned about your feelings. I'm concerned about your success. So if you come to me with a horrible idea, I'll say, Craig, I hate your idea more than anything I've heard all day. Let me tell you why. Let me try. Let me try to make it better for you. So those are some things that are important. Also, something else you just said, surrounding yourself with people that you want to grow to be like in your business or that you appreciate is key. There's a lot of people that are going to be negative in different parts of this business with you, whether you're brand new or whether you have a billion plus under management. Cut those folks out of your life. Don't waste your time with people that aren't going to help you grow. There you go. I love that. Final thoughts? 
Final thoughts. Uh, here's what I would say to your audience, guys. Uh, we've talked about some great things today. I've enjoyed this. And I hope if you take away nothing else, I hope you take away this. Take action and then take consistent action after that action. And I think that can help you raise more capital, make raise more capital, uh, have a bigger impact doing it, and also have some fun as well. What's your hottest real estate take? That's my final question to everyone on the show. Your hottest real estate take. What do you mean? Well, anything that's controversial, anything that is, you know, against the grain or any core fundamental beliefs so you truly feel strong about that maybe someone else doesn't have, or maybe it's a slightly popular opinion, but you want to restate it. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a few. uh, I'll talk about short-term rentals for a moment. Some people are poo-pooing on them a lot. There's going to be a big bust and all this. I don't agree. I think if you use a tool like AirDNA and you pay attention and you look at Facebook and see how many people use them. I think that Airbnbs, vacation rentals uh, in the right markets set up the right way. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting value there for the foreseeable future. So uh, I see people really go one way or the other on that. And I'm, I'm bullish, more bullish about it than anything. So there you go. Well, to your point on that, and we had Sam Silverman on episode two of this show, who is with TechFester and also a capital partner for us and manages fully funded. Um, so he's got his hands in many arenas. And the one thing I do love about Airbnbs is what do you get with them? Okay, you get long term, typically speaking, financing. Residential real estate has the best financing finan- uh, financing possible. Okay, these are 30 year notes. They're very creative. And, you know, the American economy definitely is highly reliant upon people's home values. So and it's very hard to miss on a 30 year debt note or 20 year, 10 year debt term. Right. So multifamily can have bridge floating rate, short term debt, you know, typically speaking, sub five years with max of 10 years. Right. Even though you could get a 35 year to 30 year amortizing note, you're going to have to refi always there. But the residential real estate will offer you a longer tarmac. So for that point, I think there is a lot of upside in that. So I, I do not disagree entirely entirely with your takes. Always a pleasure to connect with you. Where can people find you? Yeah, the best way to find me and see uh, all the interesting things we're up to. I didn't even tell you about all of them. Intentionallyinspirational.com. See you there. Cool. And you're on LinkedIn, I assume? I am. Um, Jason Wright. I, I had an older profile, just got shut down. So I just started a new one because I don't quit. So you look around, you'll find me, Jason Wright, potentially inspirational. Well, thank you so much. And as I said, I'm going to wrap this up and put a bow on it here. I have Jason on the show because Jason's been very, very helpful for us. He's been wildly useful. If I have an issue, he sends us a Loom video to work it out. He puts up with my uh, lack of knowledge with the technology side, as I'm a little bit technologically uh, tech, technologically challenged. So Jason is, is very patient to work with us. He's really enhanced our business. If you're looking to implement a CRM system, if you're a fund manager, capital raiser, or sponsor, this is really somebody you should speak with. If you're not ready for it right now, if you want to get into it, guys, dig the well before you're thirsty. Someone like him will expedite your path to success and really make sure that there's no, uh, you know, any anything falling through the cracks. So I cannot speak highly enough of Jason as a friend, as a business partner, as someone in our life. We love to have you around. Great person to smoke cigar with and maybe throw a cocktail back with as well. So Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. For those who are listening, thank you so much. The fourth episode of Capital Spotlight, or sorry, the Fun Friday show uh, under the Capital Spotlight umbrella. For everyone, see you next time. Peace.